Sunday and uh, last day of 2023. This is the first installation of our new Sunday live stream, Fight Wing Sunday School. And uh, some of you may not know that I actually did do a brief stint as an actual Sunday school teacher. So you're experiencing Sunday school with a real Sunday school teacher. Um, we're just going to kind of go uh, free form, inspired word here. Um, I decided to just grab a Sidor. This is uh, we use a Sidor Stem Shalom. This is the old one, the thicker version. There's a new version of the conservative movement that we refer to as Sidor Slim Shalom. Uh, but I know it's it's not Shabbat, but this this prayer uh, is normally done on Shabbat, but it's not directly mentioning Shabbat. But I'll read it in English for you here. But I thought it would be a good one to do for our first Sunday school episode. I'll read it in English now. Uh, he inhabits an eternity, sacred and exalted, as the psalmist has written. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. By the mouth of the upright, you are extolled. By the words of the righteous, you are praised. By the tongue of the faithful, you are acclaimed. In the heart of the saintly, you are hallowed. And the Hebrew is and again, that's in your Siddur Sim Shalom, if you're looking, that's in the morning service section. So what we're going to do with this um, Sunday service, uh, it's, it's not really a service, it's just a Sunday school. Uh, in the Jewish world, Sunday school is fairly informal. I think in the Christian world, uh, it's the same day that the adults are going to church, and a lot of times they'll send the, the children to uh, Sunday school um, while they're going to church. So they may be wearing their Sunday best, uh, et cetera. Um, but in this uh, here congregation, this is come as you are. So it doesn't matter if you're well dressed or just as long as you're dressed while you're watching this, okay? And uh, we have the Pentateuch in the Haftarahs. Um, this is Sansino Press, second edition, edited by J.A. Hertz. Um, this is commonly known as the Hertz Humash. Humash. Uh, Humash from Shitorah. 
which basically uh, Humash is uh, not the entire Tanakh, but it's basically everything that you have as far as uh, what you're going to be reading in the weekly services. So every week you have a Torah portion, right? And every, <clears throat> every time that you have a Shabbat service, that specific section called the Parsha, that's what is read in the synagogue, right? Now, people from different traditions might have different experiences. If you come from the reform tradition, um, I think they do a, a much shorter version of the Torah reading. If you come from the conservative movement, it depends on which system you go on, because there's currently two systems in the conservative movement where there is still a group that goes by the full Parsha that reads it. And then there is a group that does it in thirds, which like they, they read a third of it and then the next year they read the, the the following third and then the next year after that they read the final third and so that's how over a three-year period you've read the entire thing right um <clears throat> but traditionally in, in an orthodox uh situation you, you are going to be expected to be reading the whole parsha right um this particular publication uh, is not necessarily associated with any particular movement, um, but I will say that Dr. Hertz was the chief rabbi, uh, late Dr. Hertz was the chief rabbi at the time of what they called the British Empire. So he was uh, Orthodox, um, but British. So <laughs> to just clarify, there's a little bit of a, uh, different vibe there than, than you might uh, get from Eastern European or American publication uh, as far as the notes go, right? So my idea was to just grab a homage and uh, pick a random page. This was something we do in our family and try to find what is the meaning for today? How does wherever God lands me in this book, how does that relate to today. So I'm just going to close my eyes, turn my head, and open the book. All right. Where are we? This is Exodus, okay? Devarim, uh, 22. So this is Shemot. And this, um, I'll just start on the beginning page obviously um if you don't know this hebrew books go uh what would be considered backwards to english readers so they start over here the book opens this way and you're really from uh <clears throat> what we would consider back to front okay where the spine is on the right side rather than the left side as English books usually are, okay? Um, this, of course, does have 
English translations, uh, but let's go to what the crux of the content is. And this is moral offenses. So what are the moral offenses that we're dealing with? The seduction, uh, witchcraft, sodomy, polytheism, and oppression of the weak. So these are all very pertinent issues today. Um, in, in, the, in the modern day in general. Uh, so in this uh, section, let's start with the first full verse. We're not going to read the, the end sentence of the one that's at the beginning of the page, but the first full verse on this page is, is uh, 22.9. If a man deliver unto his neighbor an ass or an ox or a sheep or any beast to keep and it died or be hurt or driven away, no man seeing it, the oath of the Lord shall be between them both to see whether he hath not put his hand unto his neighbor's goods and the owner thereof shall accept it and he shall not make restitution. But if it be stolen from him, he shall make restitution unto the owner thereof. If it be torn in pieces, let him bring it for witness, and he shall not make good that which was torn. And if a man borrow out of his neighbor, or it be hurt, or die in the owner thereof, not being with it, he shall surely make restitution. If the owner thereof be with it, he shall not make it good. If it be a hireling, he lose his hire. And if a man entice a virgin that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely pay a dowry for her to be his wife. If her father utterly refuse to give her unto him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. Thou shalt not suffer a sorceress to live. Whoever lieth with a beast shall be surely put to death. He that sacrifice unto gods, save unto the Lord only, shall be utterly destroyed. And a stranger that shall not wrong, neither shalt thou oppress him. For ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. So at the beginning, that kind of sounds weird, like a lot of stuff that you can't relate to, right? You're like, what? Asses and ox. Or, okay, that was the old world. But the idea is that someone is giving you something, right? something that you're proposing to use for work because that's what they're talking about livestock farm animals so it could be farm equipment it could be something that you're you're, you're planning to use um not just for recreational purposes right and the general gist of it is fairness i think you you, you kind of got the idea if if you gave him something and it disappeared right away they're going to first check and make sure you didn't come and grab it back all right so on and so forth uh but then we start to get into some of the uh i guess things that seem like they affect us more in the modern day all right if a man entice a virgin that's not betrothed and lie with her so that means it, to entice means that he's he's calling her away from her home and he's offering her something. Um, 
So that implication right there, I, I would think would, would be clearly why he is expected to marry her after that, right? Because he's not only has he, you know, lied with her, uh, but he's also enticed her in some way. And generally, that's, that's a false representation uh, if you're enticing someone with something and that you don't end up helping them, right? So, but let's talk about this, thou shall not suffer a sorceress to live or a witch. Uh, the notes here, witchcraft. Not because there was any reality in witchcraft, but because there's a negation of the unity of God and an abominable form of idolatry. It's noteworthy that the Septuagint translates the Hebrew word for sorceress to poisoner, which is interesting. Uh, because witches are known for what? Making potions, right? Um, but I think it is referring to a poisoning, not just of the body, but also of the soul. Ancient witchcraft was steeped in crime, immorality and imposture, and it debased the populace by hideous practices and superstitions, hence the place of this command in this chapter. It's preceded by provisions against uh, sexual license, followed by a condemnation of unnatural vice and idolatry. The wording of the command is in an unusual form. We should have expected a sorceress shall surely be put to death or something similar. Some commentators therefore explain it as a prohibition of resorting to the sorceress and thus enabling her to thrive in, in her nefarious avocation. This law applied to the sorcerer as well. Meaning, don't go to the dark side and Because when you go to the dark side, you're supporting those people who thrive on the dark side. So it's not just telling you don't practice witchcraft or go out and kill the witches. It's telling you not to support witchcraft. Okay. Homeschool your kids. Um, and then this is a interesting note i want to read to you as well it's fashionable to trace all the horrors of persecution of witches in medieval times to this verse but there's no justification for this witchcraft as a sinister danger in the jewish social life ceases to count long before the destruction of the second temple the incident in connection with uh shimon ben shittah is no proof to the contrary both jewish and non-jewish scholars have made it the subject of investigation and have agreed that it's merely Haggadah. Um, it means like it's, it's a story in the Haggadah, it's telling a story. Uh, later Jewish teachers, uh, Samuel Ibn Khofni and Ibn Ezra, are among the earliest to deny the existence of demons or the efficacy of witchcraft. The hideous cruelties in the medieval trials of witches would have been impossible in Jewish judicial procedure. Torture to extort confession was unknown in Jewish law, and no confession on the part of the accused that would have involved capital punishment was allowable. No man can in law brand himself a criminal is a principle in Jewish criminal law. Uh, Christianity, furthermore, which disregarded portions of the Decalogue, like the Second Commandment with respect to image worship, 
and the fourth commandment with respect uh, to the seventh day of the Sabbath would certainly not have been guided in its attitude towards witchcraft by any single verse in the quote unquote Old Testament if uh, the New Testament had not uh, been a demon haunted book. Down to quite modern times, the church ascribed the reality to the works of witches. And, that, and that's going to be a stark difference between the Jewish viewpoint and the Christian viewpoint um, of antiquity. Um, in Germany alone, no less than 100,000 women and children were said to have suffered a cruel death during the horrible hunt for witches that disgraced the 16th century. So late as 1716, a woman and her daughter of nine years old were hanged in Huntington for uh, raising storms, quote unquote, by witchcraft. <clears throat> Meaning, um, yeah, you can't blame the Torah for uh, the witch trials. Uh, since we didn't ever believe that witches had any power or that there were anything, any spirits for them to even call up, we were just told to not to support their way of life. But uh, a lot of the early, uh, <clears throat> especially medieval Christians, believed that the witches did have power and therefore you had to kill them. Uh, to be free of their power. Uh, so that's a very different uh, contrast between the two viewpoints. I'd like to hear from some Christians on the modern interpretation if they still uh, are, are teaching that too much. On the next thing, the law against witchcraft leads to the prohibition of kindred monstrous abominations which, part, which form part of many ancient heathen cults, sodomy. Polytheism, as the offering and sacrifices was the chief part of the divine service, all other branches of unlawful worship were contained therein. The warning against sacrificing to other deities was for many ages uh, not a superfluous one in Israel, not even to angels or his ministers or an intermediate, uh, intermediary between him and man. So that's why Jews, traditional Jews reject the idea of Jesus because we do not allow for an intermediary, okay? Uh, oppression of the weak. Resident alien, meaning like, you know, uh, somebody who's not a citizen, right? He's not required to adopt the Jewish faith, um, as well as the Israelites with whose position in Egypt is, he's compared, were worshipers of Isis or Apis. So, uh, if you're a Jewish community and somebody's visiting you that's not Jewish, you can't force them to convert, okay? Uh, the rabbis explain this term, thou shalt not wrong the stranger, to mean that nothing must be done to injure or annoy him, even if by word to wound his feelings. The fact that a man is a stranger should in no way justify treatment other than that enjoyed by brethren. Okay, so that's the idea. If, if you meet somebody and they're different than you, you're supposed to be friendly. Even if you don't accept them as being the citizen of your country, so on and so forth, you, you, you're not supposed to be an asshole. 
um, and for we were strangers in Egypt. Um, we don't want to repeat the way that the Egyptians treated us harshly uh, and made basically a slave class out of foreigners. Oh, wait, are we doing that with illegal immigrants in America? Are we, are we making a slave class of people who are, we should look into that. We should look into that. Um, but so that was your, your, your chunk of Shemot for the first episode of Sunday School. Uh, think about these different ideas. Idolatry, intermediaries, all of that can also apply to worshiping the state, worshiping heads of state, idealizing anybody in politics or culture or music or art, anything like that. Uh, can be considered, you know, akin to polytheism. So um, I guess keep it clean and uh, enjoy the new year, which is actually the anniversary of Jesus receiving the Brit Malah, which is the ritual circumcision to join the covenant of the Jewish people. Happy New Year.